good morning, good afternoon, good evening. You're listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show. I'm your host, Kieran Mack, and thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to like this video if you're watching us on YouTube, and please do subscribe. We're also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and a host of other podcast players. Now that that's all done, let's jump into today's show. So let's start off with the daily COVID numbers as we always do here. A total of 292 COVID-19 fatalities and 17,984 cases were reported on Saturday with Bangkok seeing record high single day deaths and new cases. There is also approximately 2,535 rapid antigen test kits positive that are not included in the mentioned numbers. Of the new cases, 17,660 cases were among the general population, while 324 were in prisons, according to the Public Health Ministry. However, recoveries from COVID continue to outpace new infections. Over the past 24 hours, 20,535 people were discharged from hospital. Now, our first story of the day, uh, court approves the further detention of Joe Ferrari. The Nakan Sawan court on Friday approved the further detention of the former police station chief accused of torturing a drug suspect to death in case that has shocked the country. The court agreed to the request made by the police from the Muang District Station Nakan Sawan to keep former police colonel Titasan Utanapan in custody for 12 more days on grounds that investigators still have about 10 witnesses to question. A suspect can be detained for up to 12 days or 84 days before an indictment must be handed down. Because of the high-profile nature of the case, the National Police Chief Suat Jansosuk has ordered the Central Crime Suppression Division from Bangkok to take over the investigation from local police. Police told the court that Joe Ferrari needed to be held as he could possibly face multiple charges including torture and murder. The former chief of Moang District, known as Joe Ferrari, for his collection of expensive sports cars, has denied wrongdoing. Another detention request was approved for the chief suspect's right-hand man, Toranin Maswana, who turned himself into police in Pechaburi on Thursday and was sent back to Nakonsawan on the same day. The two were sent to the provincial prison for further interrogation until September 7th. Joe Ferrari, 39, and six other officers, including Taranin, were arrested in connection to the torture of drug suspect Jurapong Tanapat, 24. He died after his head was covered with six bags during questioning at the police station on August 5th. A shocked junior officer recorded the incident on his phone and the video went viral after it surfaced earlier this week. All of the suspects have now surrendered to authorities and have been dismissed from the service. After he surrendered, Joe Ferrari was allowed to phone into a news conference held on Thursday night by Police General Suat to take reporters' questions, offering a mixture of excuses and apologies for the crime. Jurapong and his wife, Kanakwan Kalim, were arrested with three bags of crystal methamphetamine weighing 100 grams each as they tried to make a sale to a plainclothes policeman posing as a buyer outside a convenience store in Moang district of Nakhon Sawan on August 4th, according to the police report sent to the court to support the detention request. Early reports said the team led by Joe Ferrari had found a picture of a large quantity of drugs on Jirapong's mobile phone after he and his wife were arrested. Police went to search his house in Takli district on August 4th but did not find any drugs there. The pair were then taken back to the police station for interrogation on August 5th and Jirapong subsequently perished from the ordeal. Jirapong's wife was later released after the death of her husband on condition that she would remain silent. Joe Ferrari surrendered in Chanburi on Thursday 
this day and was taken to the CSD in Bangkok. He claimed at the CSD on Thursday that he had no intention to kill the suspect or extort money from him in exchange for his release. He said he simply wanted to dig more deeply to get more information about the seized narcotics. But the video showed Jiropong was beaten and later suffocated with plastic bags. The timestamp on the clip showed the incident took place at around 1pm on August 5th. Joe Ferrari said at the CSD on Thursday that the man had died of a drug overdose. An autopsy report issued by Sawan Parak Hospital in Nakhon Sawan dated August 6th said Jiropong had presumably died of the effects of an amphetamine. The hospital on Wednesday defended the report saying it was issued only for Jiropong's family so they could apply for his death certificate. The complete autopsy report due next week would state a precise conclusion about the cause of death it added. Joe Ferrari was grilled until late Thursday night at the CSD before being transferred to Nakhon Sawan where he pointed out that the location where he and his team had allegedly committed the crime. I forgive that person Joe Ferrari said on Thursday after arriving in Nakhon Sawan when asked about the video that legal experts say would be a key piece of evidence against him. Now where to begin on this whole story? So this guy basically murdered a suspect, killed him, suffocated him to death. Then for three weeks nothing happened within the Thai police force until the video emerged. Bottom line is if the video didn't emerge this guy would have gotten away with it. That is a guarantee in all of this. Now he turned himself in on the what was it the Thursday night and then he was given the opportunity to have a press conference to field reporters questions while the gimp of a police chief sat there nodding in approval to everything the murderer on the other end of the phone had said. Now I don't know what kind of police force this is but from where I'm standing they are doing their best to get this guy off. He was given the opportunity to have a say. I don't believe the girlfriend of the guy who was killed had a press conference to tell her side of the story. So why did the alleged murderer get an opportunity? Now further on from that, it transcribes today that now he is denying everything to do with the crime. I read in a Thai media source that he, during interrogation, he's denied everything. The murder, the bags, everything, even though there's a video showing him doing it. I mean, the excuses given by him at one point where he said that they put the bags over his head so he couldn't see them. Did you need seven bags or six bags over his head so he couldn't see you? And they needed to put the handcuffs on because he was resisting. Yes, he was resisting because he was choking to death and dying. Now, I don't know what's going on here now what i do know and what i can I, I i can say from listening to this whole story is it looks like this is not the first time this guy's ever done this it's the ease at which they had it done they had a method for extorting or getting this information out of people the plastic bags were no coincidence they turned up the only thing that went wrong was there was a junior police officer there who thought what was happening was absolutely horrendous now a bit about this police officer guy and the one and I, I during the story i refused to call him police colonel anymore unlike a lot of these media outlets he's not a police colonel anymore he's been fired and he's just an ordinary bloke that's it who's now up for murder of a fellow citizen and that's it i mean actually he was going on about he was he was swearing over amulets that he didn't do it on purpose and that he only did did all this for, for the people of Nakhon Sawan to keep them safe. Have you ever heard so much shite in all your life? I don't know where all this leads to. Now, what I do know about asking about this guy, because a lot of people have been asking, well, is he from like a high society, high so family? He's not. He's an ordinary Thai. He made his name and his money doing drug busts and seizing these supercars. And in Thailand, the police get, I think, between 25 and 30% of the value of it into their bank accounts. I mean, it's just conflict of interest written all over. And he is very, very well connected with politicians and higher ups in the police force. Now, I wonder 
is he, he's getting all this seems to be getting this very special treatment a lot of people are very worried that the Thai police are trying to sweep this under the carpet my opinion is he'll never do his time I have a feeling that he somehow will manage to get away with it or we'll never hear about this story again as what happens with many stories in this country that you hear there's a big ordeal and then suddenly it just disappears and that's the end of it probably find out this guy is driving his Ferrari around the place in a couple of months time that's really how it works here and it's wrong now they're talking about police reform which has been taking place for seven years but again the police are the one charged with police reform that's like giving the keys of the jail to the prisoners it's all nonsense and things need to change in relation to this i doubt they will but we can keep our fingers crossed what do you think of all this out there guys do you think this guy's going to get away with it do you actually think he'll actually do any prison time will he even get to court and will he actually ever be sentenced what do you think i'd love to know your opinion down below in the comment section now our next story, government lifts some controls. The government has eased COVID-19 restrictions on certain businesses and activities, including restaurants, shopping malls, beauty salons, massage shops and parks starting on Wednesday. However, the government will adopt a COVID-free setting approach to ensure safety during the process. Under this approach, businesses will be required to ensure strict social distancing, proper air ventilation, good hygiene, weekly COVID-19 screening for staff members, and full vaccination for employees as soon as possible. According to the CCSA, customers who have been fully vaccinated are classified as green cards, referring to people who are allowed to receive services. Indoor air-conditioned restaurants will be allowed to resume dine-in services at 50% capacity, while those without air condition can resume dine-in services at 75% capacity, according to Apisama Sirasong, assistant spokeswoman for the CCSA on Friday. She was speaking after a CCSA meeting chaired by the Prime Minister Priya Chanucha, the director of the CCSA. Eateries ready to resume dine-in services will still be required to close at 8pm every day and prohibit the serving and selling of alcohol beverages, similarly to shopping malls and convenience stores, which also have to close at 8 p.m. she said. As for customers, they will be checked to see if they have been fully vaccinated or tested for COVID-19 with a rapid antigen test kit before receiving those services, she said. Dr. Kittipum, permanent sector of the Public Health Ministry earlier, said customers who will sit in restaurants must be free from COVID-19. They have to show vaccination certificate, while those who have been infected must have tested negative for at least one month and not more than three, or else they would need to undergo an antigen rapid test before being eligible to be served. As for beauty salons, and barbers, Dr. Apasami said operators will only be allowed to offer haircuts and spend no more than one hour on each customer. Travelling from one province to another is still not recommended unless necessary, while public transport vehicles such as buses and vans will be required to cap the number of passengers at no more than 75% of all seats. She said since the outbreak situation has, has yet to improve significantly, work from home measures and the 9pm to 4am curfew will remain in effect for at least two weeks. The easing of the these COVID-19 restrictions on businesses in 29 dark red provinces will come as an effort to adjust COVID-19 measures to improve the balance between public health safety and economic rehabilitation, she said. The Public Health Ministry meanwhile expects the first batch of its 8.5 million COVID-19 antigen test kits or ATKs from China to arrive in the next two weeks. It is believed the mass ATK import will make them more affordable. So this is all what we were talking about in the last show. We now know it's going to be called a green pass. And then I think if you are not fully vaccinated, 
you have to have an antigen test and that will be called a yellow pass i think something like that so look guys this is how it's going down now in all these dark red provinces and i'm telling you it's going to be rolled out all throughout thailand vaccinated and fully vaccinated not just one jab two jabs to get in and dine inside a restaurant that's what life is turning into in thailand it'll be the same for entering a shopping mall soon it'll be the same for going to your barber it'll be the same for lots of different services that's just the way they're planning on doing it here i know it's similar in other parts of the world as a person who is vaccinated i do still see some problems with this i see issues for people who may have cancer or sicknesses that cannot get vaccines i have an issue with it in terms of the line we may be crossing in relation to how we treat people and how we discriminate between people we're going to have a a world where there'll be the vaccinated and the unvaccinated and also there's an issue in thailand with bringing this in especially in bangkok and, and these other provinces there's only about 30 percent of people that are fully vaccinated in bangkok at the moment so there's a good 70 percent that won't be able to use these services unless they go and get a rapid antigen test now it says nothing about the kit at home i would presume to get into the restaurant you have to show a certificate from a laboratory that's done the atk test now i recently did a test it cost me 500 baht and i got my certificate with that but that was so i could um you know travel but for people who want to go and have a bite to eat in Bangkok, an ATK costs you about a thousand baht. So if you want to go out for dinner, dine in a restaurant, two people, that's 2,000 baht before you've gone anywhere. And your time spent, go and get the test, get the certificate, go to the restaurant. I mean, it's so much nonsense. I've read now that a lot of restaurants, a lot of big chains are completely against all this. As you see, they want all the staff to be tested weekly. Who's going to pay for all these tests? Now, they say they're importing 8.5 million COVID tests. Are they going to give them out for free or are they going to charge people for them? If you're bringing all these regulations into businesses, the least you can do is supply them with the kits or make them as cheap as possible. So if you're importing 8.5 million test kits and we've heard these kits cost about, I think it was about between 30 and 40 baht each, surely they should be sold at cost to businesses if you're going down this route. Otherwise, a business is going to have to be paying 250, 300 baht per kit. So businesses won't do that. But also we know in Thailand how things work. This will start off with people doing it and in a month's time it'll be completely abandoned and there's nobody to actually follow up implement the law regarding this because they can't even get people to wear helmets riding a motorbike how the hell do they plan to get people and restaurants to start looking for people's COVID-19 results or their vaccination certificate to get into a restaurant we all know that after a period of time all this will be abandoned in Thailand because that's what they do they come up with rules and regulations and after a period of time they stop, like the no drinking alcohol thing. Now I could tell you about eight or nine nightclubs in Bangla Road in Patong that are open every single night. Pumping music, alcohol freely available. The police walking by, nobody implements the law. Of course, that the reason they won't close them down is because if they happen to go in and arrest them, there are probably a load of sandboxers in there and that wouldn't do much good for the sandbox image but getting back to the green pass i think it's going to be the way of the future for a while they do have to make exceptions for certain types of people and that needs to be laid out just not a blanket oh well if you're not vaccinated you can't go in there are certain people who cannot get vaccines and that needs to be addressed now there's a lot of negativity in relation to additional social media people are not happy about it especially people living in bangkok who even fully vaxxed 
And then what about tourists who come to Thailand? You know, people from America who only have that little CDC card. Are they accepted to go into these restaurants? Or are you going to be told, no, you have to have the green pass or you have to have a, a Thai COVID vaccination certificate. But my fear for all of this, though, is with the resumption of businesses, when nothing actually has improved in the country in relation to COVID, is we're going to see a spike again. There's a lot of people who are, well, we need to live with COVID. There's a lot of people say that's absolute nonsense. You know, you can't live with a virus like this. We have to squash it and get rid of it and have a COVID-free society? I don't know. Where do you stand in all of this right now? Do you think the Green Pass is a good idea? But if you do think it's a good idea, tell me, are you vaccinated or not? Because I think that makes a big difference in how you think. If you're one of the people in Thailand who's yet to be able to get an appointment for a vaccine, then you're going to be fairly pissed when you can't go and have a bite to eat, go to the barbers, go to shopping mall, use a service. It'll be no vaccination, no service coming very, very soon. But do tell me what you think. But when you do tell me, tell me whether you're vaccinated or not. So then we can judge whether or not it's kind of biased, depending on whether you've been vaccinated or not. Love to see your comments down below in the comment section as always. Now up next, Tourism Authority tests the water with rules for seven destinations. For the upcoming tourist high season, which usually starts in early October, the country is likely to have five destinations taking part in reopening schemes and another two joining extension programs. Among those seven destinations, only Phuket has opened entirely to inoculated tourists, while the rest still restrict tourist routes to a few districts and mandate various conditions to maintain a health and safety balance. Phuket and Hua Hin can be considered quarantine-free destinations as they don't require tourists to remain in their hotels, while Chiang Mai may insist on one day for quarantine, but all trips outside the hotel must be under the tour operator's arrangement. After testing the waters in Phuket and Samui in July, then Krabi, Panya as extended destinations in August, the Tourism Authority of Thailand is poised to propose three more destinations in September, Pattaya, Chiang Mai and Hua Hin, to the Centre for COVID-19 Situation Administration to add to the reopening scheme. Prior to the pandemic, international tourism receipts from Phuket, Pattaya, Chiang Mai, Samui and Hua Hin accounted for 50% of the total for the country according to the chat. In the timeline previously proposed to the CCSA, Chiang Mai and Pattaya planned to cut the ribbon in September, but a shortage of vaccines nationwide meant they had to wait at least one more month. Even if new areas can be added in time for the high season, this scenario still falls short of the grandiose goal announced by Prime Minister Priya Chanacha in June to reopen the country by mid-October and embedded with a condition that no quarantine would be required for fully vaccinated tourists in reopened areas. Krad Ranjanstein, president of the Thai Spa Association and chief responsible for planning of Hua Hin's reopening, said it would be difficult to lure international tourists as long as there are still mandatory quarantines or compulsory tour programs. As a result, Hua Hin opted for a similar scheme to Phuket. Instead of keeping tourists in quarantine, it plans to draw the zone within 86 kilometers of Hua Hin to let them travel freely, using surveillance technology for health and safety checks and creating attractive optional packages to provide recreational choices during their stay. After relying on the Phuket sandbox as the sole quarantine-free port of entry, the province itself and other extended areas started to feel the pinch this month as a decline in guests became obvious the past few days. On July 26, there were 156 incoming visitors, below the average of 460 arrivals per day from July 1 to August 14th. After the pandemic situation in Phuket and the entire country prompted many countries to raise the red flag against travel to Thailand. The UK is the latest country to place Thailand on its red list, which means 
Tourists are bound for self-paid hotel quarantine upon their return home. The murder of a Swiss tourist in the Phuket sandbox and the resulting media coverage is also attributed for the sh- slower bookings. As of August 25th, there were 5,416 tourists remaining in Phuket. With the US and the UK, the top two markets since the beginning of the sandbox program, placing Thailand on their highest risk list, reopening plans may not be enough to lure back tourists and restart the tourism engine. We have to roll back to a seven-day quarantine in October if Thailand still wants to effectively boost the tourism economy, said the TAT governor, Yutasak Supasorn. He said the slow bookings have been made. Tourism operators pin their hopes on the fourth quarter instead. The CCSA endorsed the seven-day quarantine on March 17th before the abrupt resurgence of the pandemic forced the country to increase the length of stay to 14 days. When the COVID-19 infection rate slows, if we can also speed up the vaccine rollout and push the fatality rate to below 100 per day, the TAT will propose a shorter quarantine to the CCSA. A quarantine-free program for fully vaccinated tourists from low-risk countries is also possible if public consensus is not against the idea. Maria Sukasal Numbakti, president of the Thai Hotels Association, said the real push for the tourism sector will happen once mandatory quarantine for low-risk countries is totally removed. A seven-day quarantine will not stimulate demand, particularly for the short-haul market. What we need is risk management using a screening process instead of keeping all of them in isolation. She said this selective method is feasible if the country can administer vaccines to more people by the end of this year. We see more promising signs if additional vaccines are delivered from next month. When the local economy secures strong protection, further relaxation of restrictions on travel should be put in place to help hotel businesses survive the year-long crisis. The last day I said in my video that Thailand will not reopen fully in 2021 i had a number of commenters said i was talking rubbish how can i make such a prediction everybody else is saying that it will the government are saying that it will well when i read this stuff coming from the ccsa and the tourism authority of thailand it clearly shows the promise the prime minister made in june will not be happening and so let's just quickly go through the different programs that they plan to offer this high season. We will, of course, have the Phuket Sandbox. Uh, days in hotel, zero. So, but you must wait for your RT-PCR test. You will have to undergo a few COVID tests. The Samui Plus plan, you must stay three days in your hotels. That's day one to three. And yes, you again, three mandatory PCR tests. Uh, the Patia Move On, six days quarantine in your hotel. And again, three PCR deaths, uh, arrival date and day six and day 13. The charming Chiang Mai, one day quarantine, but I think that would probably have to be combined with somewhere else by the sound of it. And you would have to do pre-booked tours. And then we'll have the Hua Hin recharge. So that'll be the same as Phuket with zero quarantine, but you must wait in your room for an RT-PCR test result. And you will have to do three COVID tests, the same as the Phuket sandbox. So with what I've just read out there, tell me which one appeals to you for this coming high season. Which one will you be taking up to come visit the Land of Smiles? I'd love to know your comments down below in the comments section. And finally, the Phuket News Roundup. Phuket reported 378 new COVID infections in the past 48 hours. In the last seven days, Phuket has reported a total of 1,046 confirmed COVID-19 infections. We had 391 international arrivals through the Sandbox scheme, all tested negative for COVID on arrival. They arrived on five flights, one Etihad, one Guatar, one Emirates and two Singapore Airlines. 300 travellers tested negative for COVID during their second and third test as well, with just one test positive. Since the 1st of July, 24,960 travellers have availed of the Sandbox programme. To date, we have had 440,193 room nights booked. 
And in other news, registration opens for expats in Phuket to receive Pfizer. Expats in Phuket who have not yet received a COVID-19 vaccination have been invited to register to be vaccinated by either AstraZeneca, Sinovac or Pfizer. I will leave the link down below in the description for where you can sign up. Big joke checks safety ahead of expected influx of Russian tourists. Police General Surachat Big Joke Hakparn, currently serving as a level 9 advisor to the Royal Thai Police attached to the Prime Minister's office, arrived in Phuket yesterday to review tourist safety measures ahead of what expects to be an influx of Russian tourists in November. Phuket rallies to help Kolipe. A group of local companies are rallying together to help people in need on a popular island of Kolipe, which has become yet another recent victim of COVID-19 restrictions. But ultimately, with this story or anything else that stood out to you today, I'd love to know your thoughts in the comments down below. Because yes, this is a new show, but it's also a conversation. Now keep that conversation going. Make sure you like this video, subscribe to the channel, share the video, and do all the good stuff that does help that YouTube algorithm. But ultimately, my name is Kieran Mack. You've been listening to the Thai Expat Daily Show, and we will see you next time.